Hello and welcome back to another episode of Fully Books, the Hidden Gems author podcast, which Craig Touch, myself, Roland Hume, chat some of the interesting figures and leading lights in this crazy industry of writing and self-publishing. Today, we are delighted to have a very special guest, Andrew Schrader, who is an author and a filmmaker, here to talk to us all about the creative process. Andrew, thank you so much for joining us. I know it's quite early over there in Los Angeles, isn't it? Oh, thanks for having me. It's actually about 10 o'clock, so it's, I'm, I'm good. Excellent. Well, I've got my coffee here if you haven't. And of course, we wouldn't be here without the man himself, Craig Touch, the owner and founder of Hidden Gems, a recent recoverer of COVID again. How are you doing, Craig? I hope you're you're better. <laughs> Thanks. Not again. This was actually my first time. But uh, Oh, really? First rodeo? I'm, yeah. I, you know, I'm feeling uh, most of the symptoms are gone, but I'm just tired and a little bit COVID-brained. Uh, I still don't have a full taste <laughs> which just really sucks. <laughs> but I feel like that'll help me lose weight, right? If I can't taste food, what's the point of eating? <laughs> oh, absolutely. And it's, um, and it's your first time. I've had it twice now. The third time is free. It's, yeah, this is my first time. So I, I, you know what? I let my I let my vaccinations lapse, and I think that's probably why. But <laughs> anyway, but uh, yes, thank you for joining us, Andrew. So, you know, you're a filmmaker and a writer, um, and you obviously are doing wearing both those hats creativity is is clearly something that's important to you and busy life you got to find time to to work that in right so why don't you tell us a bit about um you know what you do your your filmmaking your writing all that stuff and then uh, we'll go from there sure um yeah no i uh, i write uh books sci-fi horror fantasy books uh make movies i've done a couple of feature films, lots of music videos written for television. Um, and then also, you know, consistently for making money, I've always been a copywriter. So I've always uh, worked for a lot of, for tech or healthcare companies, things like that. And so I've been making my writing, uh, living as a writer for about 15 years. Um, and kind of, from you know, cramming everything into uh, a full day, trying to make sure obviously you know, do well at my day job and at the same time, always be moving uh, projects forward, whatever those happen to be. So definitely have a lot of experience with all that. Um, and it's been a long, uh, I don't know, long journey, but uh, it's definitely fun. And I, I really have grown to like appreciate the life of working full time, you know, and, and uh, doing all the creative stuff as well. So anything, um, yeah, is there, I don't know where to take that, but that's kind of like my overall starting point. Yeah. Well, I, so have we heard, uh, seen any of your feature films? What, uh, anything that we might have? No, I don't. Seen? No, they're very low budget indie stuff. You know, wow. when I graduated college, I just said I can either go to, you know, try and go to grad school um, or I can start working in the industry like my friends had done and just get regular industry jobs. But I like couldn't stand the thought of that. So my film partner and I just, raised what money we could and we went out to the woods and shot like a feature film with flashlights um and it's is that called blair witch project i think i've heard of that <laughs> yeah yeah no this is this is sort of like the anti blair witch project it was um put out i think in 2012 by as part of uh, the company bloody disgusting they're like a big horror brand oh well, i remember them yeah they were around for a while i, I think they're still around but um they they had some partnership with with another company. Anyway, we did that, and then you know I had no idea what to do with my life after that. 
So I said, oh, okay, well, we're going to have to make another one because I just can't picture doing anything else. And frankly, I don't know how to do anything else. So uh, my film partner and I moved out to Texas to make another movie. And that one is called The Age of Reason. It's a, kind of a strange coming of age story. It's a lot of fun. Um, and that, I think it's out on YouTube and a bunch of other platforms. It was on Hulu for a while. And now I think it's just making the rounds, maybe like on Tubi and stuff. I'd have to check with the distributor. But um, those were the the two kind of big feature films that we've done. And then after that, I was like, well, I, I'm out of money. I'm in debt. I don't know what to do with my life. And that's when I, uh, I was just so creatively burnt out after two feature length movies and going full, you know, hardcore for five years. So um started doing some other things, but those were the two like feature films and, you know, definitely go check out the age of reason. That one's weird. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So um, I imagine that uh, it's easier than to, or easier being, <laughs> I don't know, easier, but um, you know, to go to writing a book where you don't necessarily have to rely on a lot of other people. You don't have to raise funding for it. You know, all that stuff that goes into making a movie, um, you only have to sort of be uh, worried about the creative process of it. You know, you just sit down and you can just sit down and write in front of your your computer, and um, that's it. You don't have to, uh, you know, deal with actors. You don't have to producers and distributors and all that stuff, right? So I guess once you're burnt out from from filmmaking, that was maybe uh, felt like a relaxing transition. Well, what was funny was that like. If you had asked me back then if I was ever going to write a book, I would have said, there's no way because I can't. Like, I cannot write prose. I, I know how to write screenplays and I'll never write. I genuinely thought like people would ask me about books and I'd say, there's no way. Like, it's not possible. Um, I just don't think like that, you know, all that kind of stuff. And um, it really took, you know, bottoming out creatively and getting so burnt out and then, you know, starting to let myself just experiment creatively with things and not have that really critical part of the brain constantly on because with filmmaking there you have to make so many decisions it's really a movie is just ten thousand little decisions and you hope that you made enough of the right ones that something comes out um and i couldn't really turn off that critical editing part of the brain so if you had asked me i would have said there's it's not possible it's not going to happen and um, I found it, you know, very difficult. I mean, I started writing short stories because I read a book um, called Zen and the Art of Writing by Ray Bradbury. And it must have just hit me at the right place, the right time. And I love Bradbury's work. But what he said in there was, was so interesting. He just said, if you just read one short story a day, one poem a day and one essay a day, and you write a thousand words a day, after a year, um, you know, it will be impossible to have not written at least one good story. And I thought, well, that makes sense to me. And I've, you know, why not just like try and experiment and have no expectations of, of anything? I, I wasn't thinking about writing books at all. I just thought, let's just like experiment. And that's when some really cool things started to happen. And that's when I really started to pay attention to the creative process itself. Can so, you repeat that? Because I think that is that is such an important thing for people to hear. Ray Bradbury said you should. He said, 
read one short story a day, one poem a day, and one essay a day. And he said, write a thousand words a day or one story, one short story a week. And at the end of the year, if you write one short story a week and you start filling your brain full of all these stories and poems and essays, eventually your subconscious will start to kick in and uh, allow you to write really cool stuff. It would be impossible to write 52 terrible short stories, he said. And I, I thought about that and I was like, that's, yeah, that sounds about right. Like, let's just, let's just try writing one. You know, that's the hard thing. You get so critical. You start thinking about books and series and all this stuff. When really like the goal is to just write one word at a time and put those together day after day. So at some point my, you know, thinking began to switch and just became about how do I stay and how do I stay in the habits and how do I um, just develop system that will allow me to constantly stay with my, you know, subconscious, whatever you want to call it open and just let things start to flow out. Because like I said, I was so backed up. And for many years, I was, you know, very, very frustrated because I, I just had so many things that I couldn't actually put into into play because my, my brain just was too critical. So really opening up that channel kind of changed everything for me. That's fascinating. Yeah. yeah, I think that really, you know, that's something that I think we've talked about before where it's like, uh, some of the pieces of advice you've given Roland is uh, write every day, right? And so I think that when you do that, you are, you're forcing yourself to be creative, to, um, you know, if you have to come up with a thousand words every day, you're naturally going to have to ignore that inner uh, editor and critic a little bit because you just you're gonna if if you if you keep saying don't don't write that don't write that you're not gonna have anything to write so you're gonna have to just ignore that at some point just to get those words down. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so you started doing that, and then did you find uh, that you were coming up with some stories that you wanted to turn into you know bigger bigger works? Well, I started out and yeah, I, I just started writing and I wrote a couple that were that were fine. They were cool. A couple that just were like, no, this isn't going to work. And I but all I did was just, yeah, keep the you know, I, I started meditating a lot in the mornings and having sort of like a daily morning routine. And then over time, more and more of these stories were coming out. And then I don't know what happened, but one day it was like I, I love these old science fiction you know, small books. They're like four and a quarter by seven inches or like pocket books. You know, I, I love those. And um, I've been reading so many of, of those at the time and just filling my brain with all these things. And I thought, well, you know, after about like six or seven decent stories, I was like, you know, you, you could put out a book, like you could do it. And I, I thought, okay, I guess I could, like, why not? I mean, I've, had two other movies and you know i'm used to putting stuff out there and i'm not really scared of what people are going to think of me at this point so yeah why not why why shouldn't i so um over time you know those stories became a short story collection and then i did three books in that series of their short story collection so i did three of those and then uh fourth short story collection which came out last year and now i'm working on a i guess a short shorter novel maybe like 200 pages, 150, 200 pages. And um, yeah, I mean, it just sort of happened very naturally um, without sort of fighting it. And I 
also picked up one other really interesting thing from Bradbury that that I, has always helped, and that was, you know, he he said to keep a running list of of he would keep I think index cards in a file cabinet because he was of that time. But basically, I just started this list on my phone of anything that pops in my head that sounds kind of interesting or cool or just a word, a phrase, a color, anything that like invokes something that I can't, even if I can't explain it, it doesn't really matter, an idea, anything. And I put it all on my phone. And what he was saying to do is that when you need something to write and you want to write, just go to your list, scan it. The one thing that sort of sticks out at you in the moment, like, oh, there's something here. I don't know what it is. Just start to free write. And eventually something will come out. And that's how almost all the stories I've written have come out is just picking a word or a phrase, an idea, and just starting to free write. And then eventually a story would take shape and then you can go back and recut it, rewrite the beginning, do all the, the editing stuff. But that was really important in the beginning just to, you know, that was, that was a great trick because really, you know, what he was saying is just rely on your subconscious, just rely on your intuition and don't worry about the editing and the, does this fit the market and all that stuff, you know, just to, at least to start, you know, do that. And uh, that's, that's been very helpful and some really strange things have come out of that that I would never have thought of. And it's just, that's, what's fun about it. That's what's like the magic of it is. And it's, that, that's the thing about writing. It's like, it's such a, when you get into that flow state, it can be so magical. And like what you create is then valuable to other people. So it's like, it is, I always think that writing is like a superpower, but being able to, to find the time, find the motivation, actually do it. That's the challenging part. Agreed. And that's why like systems become so important. And, um, you know, I'd already kind of been in a place where I had kind of already dedicated my life to filmmaking and, and writing in general. So it wasn't as big of a, a leap, but I'd, I'd still at some point I had to decide like, okay, I have to structure my life around getting the words done, no matter what's going on in my life, no matter what I feel like doing. Um, I have to make sure to that the discipline and those kind of systems for actually producing uh, are in place. And that became, that became the goal, right? And I figured everything else would start to come into place over time. I can't really control whether people are going to really like what I write or it's going to get picked up by some publisher or I'll get discovered, whatever you want to call it. But what I can do is like make sure that all the systems are in place and I'm doing my words every day. I'm doing the best I can and then putting it out there as best I can too. And that's really all I can control. And, and if I can just keep doing that, it'll work out. And um, that's kind of where I'm at. That's what I've been doing for, for a while. So when you get, okay. So when you got started with this, you listened to Ray Bradbury's advice and you were like, I'm going to read a short story every day, a poem every day, an essay every day. And I'm going to write a thousand words every day. How did you actually get started doing that? Because, you know, start a new year everyone's like i'm gonna go to the gym every day and then they either don't get started or they fall off the wagon after a few days how do you actually put that discipline into your life well i mean it's not i think that you, it's not that you have to do everything every day or else you fail like people kind of get in this mindset i would always get into this mindset of like if i don't do everything perfectly every day it's over you know like people fail i feel like at least if i we try to do a new year's resolution. It's like, you kind of think like the whole year, like you take on the whole year every day, which is not, 
really helpful. But if I say to myself, okay, um, today, here's what I have to do for work. I have to, I have to commute. I have a lot to do. I've got, you know, a home to take care of and all that stuff. So, uh, but today, you know, when can I, when can I read the, the story and the, the poem and the essay? Can I do that on the train? Okay. I can do that on the train. Um, how do I do my thousand words? Well, when I come home, I'll, you know, take care of what I need to eat dinner. And then, you know, that hour, hour between seven and eight, that's my writing time. And so I put it in my head early in the day so that all day it's sort of things are kind of percolating. And over time, um, it starts to happen more and more naturally. And if I don't do it, I would just feel awful. Like right now, if I don't write every day or if I skip a day or two days, I start to feel really weird. And it's just because it's like working out or something. If I, if you miss it, your body might not feel as good. Um, and eventually you start to develop bad habits and it's the same thing with writing. It just, at some point just made it a priority to make sure that before anything I really wanted to do was done, you know, before I did anything I really wanted to do, I would do that. So I would say no to hanging out with friends. You know, I don't have kids, so I'm kind of lucky in that regard. I know a lot of people with kids, but even they find the time to write. I got a friend who writes uh, action comedies and he, um, he wakes up every day at three 30 and he gets his writing done before his kids wake up. And that's just how he does it. I don't know how he does it. I don't think I could do that. That's a little intense, but you can train yourself over time to do things like that. And that's really all that happened with me. Or, you know, there would even be times where like, I'd be on a lunch break. I was working in San Francisco at the time and I would, uh, you know, during my lunch break, I would go to a different room and just write as fast as I could for 15 minutes, 30 minutes, whatever, and see what I can get done in that time. And so I kind of would train myself to just take five, 10 minutes, 15, whatever I could, and just start getting stuff down, even if it sucked. And uh, it kind of became a game, like, where can I fit in writing throughout the day? Um, and and that, made it, that made it more fun. And that's how I wrote my first book was like these little sprints, you know, whenever I could. And at nighttime, you know, between nine and 10 was actually about the time that I would nine, 10 at night was where I would kind of put my bulk of my writing in. That's interesting. And yeah. Yeah. It's... Gamification of your writing. That's awesome. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, I, I, I also keep sort of, um, I use one note, uh, but I keep whenever I think of an idea or a phrase, or I think of a scene or I think of whatever, and I, I write it down in in, you know, one of my one note files and, uh, you know, refer back to that when I need some inspiration. So I totally get that that idea from uh, from Bradbury. Um, I don't know if I've ever broken it down into just a single word, but uh, but certainly you know a phrase or or something that I saw, you know, a person, a character that I you know that I saw. Um, but for me, it's more it's almost like a substitute for memory. I have a terrible memory, so it's the only way I'll ever remember any of that stuff, right? Um, but yeah, it's it's amazing that you've also kept up with the with the reading part of it. You know, it almost sounded like that was sort of how you would get started, right? You read a poem and a short story and all that stuff every day, and then you write, and then you get into that mode, and then you become writing every day, which then becomes a habit, like it is for you. And then it's hard to to stop, right? But it seems like you've kept up with the reading part of it too, which is which is also really good. I find when I read more, I want to write more. Exactly. 
Yeah, I mean, I don't keep to the one short story, essay, poem a day these days, but I read a ton. And so that's that's my, yeah, I found the same thing. If I read a lot, I will write a lot. If I'm not, if I don't read, I don't write. It's, it's just like not filling my brain full of stuff. And uh, so, yeah, reading is really important. I have a buddy who is like asking me how to go about writing prose, like short stories and books. And I said, well, you should start by reading. And he's like, but I don't really like to read. I was like, well, there you got to fix that because I don't know any writer who doesn't like, I don't really know. I don't know any writers who don't read or filmmakers who don't watch movies, like just doesn't really exist. So, but if you do that and you start to find the things you really love, then you will you start feeding that more and more and then you'll want to participate in that. And, you know, I think this might be getting off a little topic, but off topic, but I feel like people struggle like I did with being in their heads. And part of the problem is, well, you can get in your head, like, well, what do I want to say? What's so mean? Like what, what is, um, like what's going to be meaningful for other people and, and how are they going to take what I say? And I always have said like, forget all that. This is about what you're interested in and nothing else matters. Like, don't like stop watching the news, stop watching other movies. If you have to like, stop, stop going along with trends because none of that matters. Like this is about, you should only write about what interests you. I think E.B. White uh, wrote about this because at the time in like the thirties when, um, you know, the fascism was starting to take hold in certain parts of the world and everybody was really talking about this idea of freedom and every all the writers at the time a lot of writers at the time were saying like you, your number one goal is to like promote the idea of freedom and liberty and and i i can't say i disagree with that but eb white's point was saying that like that's not that's not what writers should be concerned with they should be concerned with what interests them so no matter what's going on in the world if you love bugs you should be writing about bugs like that's that's your job as a writer and so I think it's really important for people to figure out what they love and to go on these like rabbit hole journeys where you just go to the library for, I would go to the library for hours and just put everything aside and just start browsing stuff. Like, and just see where things take you. Like, um, don't go look for your next book choice, you know, like go find it for yourself and go find the things that you like. And if you keep feeding that, uh, I think good things happen and you'll figure out like what you genuinely like. Um, you know, the stuff I write, I don't know if people really, really like it if I just told them what I was writing, but once they kind of experience it and they, you know, they see that I really love and what I'm doing, uh, I think, it, I just think it helps. So. Yeah. I, I think if you're not writing what you love, you're going to burn yourself out much faster. You know, that's the way, when I was when I started writing, I, I was doing it for just for, to earn a living. So I started in romance because romance was and still is such a popular category. And it's I you know it was easier for me to write a quick romance novel than it is to to build a world and write a fantasy or or, or science fiction novel, which is more what I would read in my in my spare time. So, um, but I could only do that for so long because romance as a genre is not something that I read a lot of. So it it's, wasn't as interesting to me. And, you know, so I could do it and I did it for, for years, but then I just, at some point, I was just like, I had to do something else because I just, I just didn't want to keep writing romance. <laughs> um, so I, I agree. And, and like, if you write what you love, 
you're going to find an audience. There's going to be other people out there that, that love it too, right? So it's whether or not it's five people or, or five million people. I mean, obviously, I hope it's five million, but, um, but you know, like, otherwise, and that's how new genres are created. We've talked about this before too, where, you know, all yeah. the big publishers, they wouldn't take a chance on so many different things that have now become whole new genres and subgenres because uh, it, because of self-publishing where people could actually go out and say, you know, I could never sell this book to a big publisher. They would never take a chance on it. But now here I go, I, I'm going to publish it myself. And then they found, oh, there's lots of people that want to read that. They just, the, the publishers didn't realize that because no one had ever done it before. So um, I think that's how you discover that there is an audience for what you love too. Yeah, that's, that's a great point. I totally agree. So how did you, what kind of, what, led you on your journey to what you write now i mean when you were growing up what kind of books were you into what sparked your or what stories you into you said you started off as a filmmaker so maybe you're more inspired by films than books but but what really and you mentioned ray bradbury i mean you can't have just fallen into ray bradbury he's one of the greatest science fiction writers of all time so it's like how did you get into ray bradbury well i mean yeah he's 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 the best uh i well i've always read a lot i always watch a lot of movies um as a kid and and i you know what's always kind of motivated me or things that i tend to really love are um i mean i i kind of watch everything i don't really discriminate there's there's a lot of things i like and but i really like absurd stuff so like as a kid i always read roald Dahl, you know his kid books and then eventually I found his adult work, which is amazing. His adult short stories are completely insane and some of the best stuff I've ever read. Um, but I really like unexpected um, stories. Like when I was a kid, I also loved, you know, R.L. Stein, who was like a 90s kid. So Goosebumps and Fear Street, you know, as a, as a kid. And then I found Stephen King. Um, I sort of always, uh, you know, gravitated towards the dark darker stuff but everything i write tends to have a sense of humor about it um and it's always having fun being somewhat unsettling um i just find it that that's just my kind of natural state uh i like joking around and and um disturbing people a little bit but also it's a lot of stuff that i think makes people think and um so you know, I, I don't know quite when I discovered Bradbury, but I did find other writers through Bradbury um, that I would never have found even on my own. Um, in that Zen and the Art of Writing book, actually, he talks about um, a writer called John Collier, who was a British, um, soup, um, uh, what's the, speculative fiction writer. He was like the grandfather of speculative fiction. And I read his stuff. I'm like, wow, this is truly amazing. I don't know if anyone really reads him anymore, but um he, his stuff just like completely changed my life in terms of writing um it's so satirical and weird and gross and funny and really ne never read anything like it um i found a writer named lauren isley through ray bradbury who was a natural history writer he was an anthropologist and he wrote some of the most beautiful science uh natural history work i've ever so he's probably the most beautiful writer i think i've ever read um and went down you know, all his stuff. And then from there, I would just find other people and I just sort of just let myself go wherever I, I find. And that that's, that's what I find really inspiring. And then I might find something like, oh, that's a cool genre. That's a cool kind of story. I want to write something like that. 
and then a short story will come out like that. And so it just sort of flowed from thing to thing for, for a long time. And there's nothing better than finding an author that you really like that has been around for a long time. So they've written a whole bunch of stuff and then you finally find them and then you get to just devour their whole catalog, right? As, you know, yeah. as opposed to somebody, you, you start with a new author and then you gotta wait a year before they write the next book. <laughs> it's that that binging. We're in that binging culture now, right? The Netflix yeah. culture. You gotta, and maybe that's why it's like a, as a as a reader, I also want to just binge stuff. I just want to read stuff where you know I find somebody and I just read all their stuff. You know, yeah, I totally get that. Um, yeah. So when you were talking about you know finding the time, so that's the other thing that a lot of people have trouble with is finding the time to um, to write, to be creative, especially you know the creative process sometimes is something that um, you can't just you know, do it in the five minutes that you have when you're, or the 20 minutes that you're on the train or whatever. If, if, if it doesn't spark at that moment, then what are you gonna do, right? So, you know, it's, it's sometimes it's hard to, to find the time to really, you know, get into the mode of writing, if, especially if you're not, or if you're stuck, or if you're, you know, just beginning and you haven't figured out your process and your, um, your, your uh, methods that work for you. So, you know, do you have any thoughts on how people can sort of fit that into their lives and make it work for them, figure out what their process is. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, everyone's different. They all have the different, we all have different challenges, like kids or, you know, people who are chronically ill or something. It's just like, there's different levels of, this stuff is hard, you know. Um, but, you know, I, I would say, again, if you can figure out what you love, and you're willing to like you kind of if you're willing to like put in the work then i for me things start to work out a little naturally but i still have to i still have to put myself in the position i still have to show up but then things will like work out so i don't really have any specific advice for anyone in particular i just you know i do think i do have to believe that this is a game of like years it's a marathon and you're not going to do it perfectly every day and don't get down on yourself because there's like a day or two where you you weren't able to fit something in it can be very frustrating because i've been there but uh the important thing is to like keep going and keep keep showing up i mean you know if coming from the film industry i went to school with a lot of film people there are probably like six or seven people still making stuff still in the industry a lot of people have left i'm assuming it's the same with like in the writing programs where i went to school and this is just like there's just an attrition in this in in writing in creative stuff where like it's almost like the last person standing wins in one sense because the longer you go the more you improve the better you get the more you get your work out there that's really like I know a couple overnight successes, but not many. And the people who like actually finally come successful are just people who didn't stop. So I don't know if I was just starting out having never been a writer or something, I would start by reading and really doing my best to like tune out the outside world <laughs> as much as I can and not watch the news, not go on social media so that your like intuition, your subconscious can start working. 
because there's so much freaking noise out there. Like I wouldn't even, I wouldn't even know how to start doing anything with the amount of noise and crap that's out there. Even if I, even if it was like truly important to me, I, I would have to like get rid of it and just start writing, just start free writing, you know, five minutes, 10 minutes a day where you, you train yourself not to think at all. And you just start free writing by hand for five, 10 minutes. That was something that I was taught in college that didn't make a whole lot of sense to me at the time. And then as I did it more and more made sense, I had the screenwriter come in. He was like, we're going to set a timer for five minutes and you're going to write as fast as you can. You're not going to think about anything. It doesn't matter what it is. And so that's something that I still use when I feel like backed up, like there's stuff in my brain that I can't get to process. And I just start writing five or 10 minutes until I basically tire myself out. And then I can be silent and something will kind of break free and I can, I can move on. So my advice would be to start falling in love with what, whatever the thing is, just find, just start going down these rabbit holes for yourself and not for anybody else and find what interests you and then just start feeding that and hopefully, and then just block the time where it's just you and like a blank piece of paper and let yourself suck and let yourself like be frustrated at it and just do it over and over and over again. And eventually things will start flowing and, I think the rest might flow from there. That's really the only kind of advice I think I'd have. Yeah, and I mean, I think you've you've sort of talked a bit about it in the sense of uh, the discipline that you need, that people need to really make it work. It's a it's a job, and you know, actually, this is something that Roland wrote about in uh, last week's blog, um, where an outsider, you often hear friends and family say stuff like, oh, you know, tell you, you tell them you're a writer and they say, oh, I, I want to write a book one day. You know, they don't realize the work involved in it. Um, and it is work. And and you you, stay, you you talk about, you know, how you were um, in your job and you'd go on your lunch break and, you, and you'd write for 10, 20 minutes, right? But so many of us take that lunch break and just, you know, obviously eat lunch, but you also sit around, you, you dick around on your phone uh, you, you, you just waste that time, right? And if you're super motivated and you really, really want to make this work, then you got to grab those bits and pieces of time that you're kind of wasting and make them and turn them into something positive and useful to you. And whether that's reading a little bit or whether it's writing or, you know, what, brainstorming new ideas. Um, but think about all that time. And I, I'm, I'm, terrible with this too is all that time we waste and i don't even do social media myself but but you know fooling around on our phones or you know playing a game or or just you know just just wasted time and i feel guilty about it lots of times too it's like that's time you can take back and turn into something creative and it doesn't mean every second of every day you have to be doing that but there even if you pulled 10 or 20 minutes of your day into that into it made that part of your routine where you're going to do that and then maybe after a while you get into that mode and now you want to do so you want to do more you want to do 30 minutes you want to do an hour and then soon you've turned it into a habit there's uh you know i think we talked about this before i don't remember the number but the amount of times that you do one thing over and over and over again it becomes a habit and that's why you know you've mentioned before now when you don't write because you've been writing so much uh, after so so long, now when you don't write, it starts to feel bad, right? And it's like with the exercising, you know, somebody like me who never exercises, it feels <laughs> terrible when I do it. But if I was to do it every single day, then it would feel terrible when I don't do it. And you have to turn 
these things into habits. And I think that's that's so key to any of this stuff. And it's yeah, and once absolutely. you get it done, you must feel so accomplished. I think that to me, the reason I always feel bad if I haven't written is, you know, you you always say the uh, secret to happiness as a man is you wake up with determination and go to bed with satisfaction. And if you fail to write or if you fail to go to the gym, that's you you end up going to bed feeling like you kind of wasted the day. You know, I've never heard it put like that, like waking up with determination, going to bed with satisfaction for happiness for a, a man, I think you said. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that makes total sense. I mean, that's that's exactly right. I mean, uh, you know, as, as far as like squeezing and writing on short breaks or like at a set time later in the day, like if you can wake up and set your day up so that you know that the writing time is coming and you're very aware of it, then throughout the day, like you're kind of looking forward to that time so that you're not just like, okay, I'm stopping now time to write. Oh my God, I'm freaking, I just can't, I'm exhausted. It's like, what if you had it in your mind earlier in the day, like you plan out your day a little bit and you say at this point, I'm going to write then throughout the day, you might say like, might find yourself just thinking. And if you clear other stuff from your head, you know, you might find yourself thinking, okay, well what today? Yeah. Well maybe there's that scene with the whatever. And he goes there. Okay. Maybe I'll work on that today. And then your brain, starts to work on it for you. So the time you start, you get there to write, you might already, you might have a better idea. You're not starting from scratch. You might have a better idea of, of what's going to come out and, um, or at least the direction of things. And that, you know, that might help. That helps me a lot. If I know kind of like what I'm going to work on roughly before, if that makes sense. Yeah, and I think that that's uh, something that people talk about when they say that you, uh, when you go to bed, you think about your problem, uh, whether it's to do with writing or not, but with writing, you know, you think about something you're stuck on and your subconscious mind works on it overnight while you're sleeping. And when you wake up, a lot of times you have a solution or you have at least an idea that you hadn't thought of before because you've let your your mind sort of work on it, you know, when you're not stressing about it and, and forcing yourself to, to, to do it, which then puts all that pressure on you, right? So you just, you just relax and let yourself your your subconscious just chew on it for a while that's sort of the same thing yeah and it and it still happens you know it's it's like the thing is is there's no kind of getting over some of these things like you can you just learn how to deal with it better and it doesn't last as long but like i'm on a rewrite right now and i realized i'm so stuck in my head about it and i've been like rewriting things over and over and over instead of just taking a step back and sort of letting things flow and not being so editorial, even in, even in this rewrite, like that's not what the rewrite needs at the moment. And, um, but it's very easy to get blocked up if I continue to let my mind take over. And it's like, no, just, you have to just trust the intuition. You have to trust what comes out. And, and so I'm, you know, I still deal with the stuff I used to, but it's just very different. And I, it's it's not a problem like it once was. It's just sort of like making me reorient towards a different a different solution. Hit it. Adapt, improvise, overcome. Yeah. All the buzzwords. <laughs> and what are you working on right now, Andrew? So I'm rewriting a, a I guess a short novel, um horror, straight horror novel, um, set just after the Civil War. And this will be my longest uh, book to date. And so I'm pretty excited that'll be out, um, I believe, September, October of this year. 
And I'm just finishing up. I'm on post-production on a short film that we shot in November. Um, that's wrapping up and that should be hopefully going to some festivals later in the year. Um, and God, what else? I know that there's other stuff, but I sort of have cleared my schedule for the first couple of months um, of the year to plan my wedding. So um, there's a lot of that going on as well. But um, yeah, books, music videos, uh, scripts, and that's about it. That's well, good for you. I mean, that's that's fantastic to be able to, you know, it's always an awkward question when you're a writer and someone says, what are you working on? And it's like, if you have like writer's block or you're not working on something, it can be kind of an, an awkward question. Now he's working yeah, on his I mean, emails, apparently. <laughs> so, you know, that actually, that actually is the perfect place. We're coming to the top of the hour. So we'll sort of wrap things up there. But I found chatting to you very, very motivational, Andrew. So before we ask where people can go and find out all your stuff, and all the fun details there. Craig, do you have any final questions? Uh, no, not really. I mean, you know, this has been a really good discussion about the creative process in general. I think it's given us a lot of uh, ideas about how to, um, you know, how to just kickstart it again and how to keep it going once you get it going. And, and you know, so the what you need to really do in your life to, to really be successful at at being creative um, on a, as a career, which is, you can be, mentally draining right so you have to there's things you have to do to you know the most creative people in the world i'm sure aren't creative every single day it's just you eventually run out of ideas and you you need to you need to you know figure out what works for you and um and not burn yourself out so thanks for coming on and talking to us about all those things because there's been some really good ideas that i think both roland and i have uh have been taking notes on and want to want to look into ourselves so that's that's been really helpful thanks uh thanks for coming on Andrew. no and, thank you for having me it's been a great discussion and andrew where can people find out more about you do you have a, a website social media accounts all of that stuff yep uh my website is andrew j uh schrader S-C-H-R-A-D-E-R uh, dot com. Um, there you can find links to all my books on Amazon. Um, you can follow me on Instagram at uh, master underscore Schrader. And um, I will be very active on that coming up this year um, to promote the new book and um, promote the old stuff. So you can always reach me there. Um, and you can find a uh, feature film, the age of reason, just Google it um, from 2014 or no, I'm sorry, 2020. Uh, you should be able to find it on YouTube or Tubi, uh, a couple of those streamers. Oh, well, fantastic. Well, we will make sure to pop a link down below. So if you've enjoyed what Andrew has to say, be sure to scroll down there and leave a comment letting him know. And you can check out here all of Andrew's work while you're down there. And since you're down there, if you haven't already, why don't you hit that subscribe button, hit that like button, this little bell icon so you get notified every time there is a new episode of Fully Booked. And Andrew, thank you so much for joining us. And everyone listening, we'll be back next week with another episode of Fully Booked. So until then, cheerio.